shit. Holy shit. The Screamcast is back, everybody. Welcome to the Screamcast. I am Sean DeRager. With me, as always, now and forever, as the good old Michael Laney likes to say, uh, Brad Henderson joins me. Brad. Hello. Welcome back to the Screamcast. Also joining us, the lovely, the endearing, uh, the wonderful, the beautiful Stephanie Crawford. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, Michael. Hey. Well, he stole my intro. He stole my intro. Did all right. Here and here we are, all together. This is totally new for me. This whole video thing. So I am a bundle of nerves, trying to make sure I don't fuck up. But uh, I've been practicing with other things. So hopefully this works smoothly, smoothly for everybody. Me too. Right? <laughs> okay. Our first awkward pause of the podcast. Well, like I said, uh, <laughs> yeah, we got out of the way. We're good now. Done. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. done. It's over. With. <laughs> well, uh, we're, we're back. We all missed each other, missed each other so much. We decided, uh, you know, let's do the podcast again. Why are we, why'd we kill the podcast? Um, so we're back. Uh, we're trying to simplify things. Do you want an answer to that? Sure. Yes. We have an answer for why we killed the podcast. We had, we had the text thread and then you said, should we kill the podcast? And then the three of us were all in bad moods or something that day. said, yes. Two seconds later, Sean tweets out like a gravestone or something. (laughs) Yes. Saying RIP. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it. I was under a lot of stress and I decided. Well, we were also very inactive for a long time. Yeah, totally. Like Like, we were trying to make like little comebacks here and there with like the commentary thing. But we were just, you know, all have different lives, you know, busy. But after a while, we just missed each other and missed talking about movies. That's all. The group, I mean, the group chat's great, but it does not uh, substitute for this at all. So, so yeah. No, you don't hear Brad's gas coming up, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the, the group text is mainly like threads of Brad and Mike. And then me and then me and Stephanie will look at it and go, oh fuck, we missed a whole bunch of texts, and, and we're scrolling through, and then it's like, uh, ha. <laughs> it's basically how it goes, right? Yeah, I'll look at my phone and it'll be like ninety six notifications, <laughs> and it's just Brad and Mike talking to each other. <laughs> hey, bro, did you have that uh, chimichanga for lunch? Yeah, I had a chimichanga. Oh, chimichanga was amazing. Hey, did you see that new thing? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then that's exactly how they text with that voice. That's perfect. <laughs> you are good. At yeah, I got it. I guess so. I don't know if I, I, we've ever talked about what we've had for lunch. No, I just totally made that. Yeah, up. I, don't, I don't think so. Do you guys want to open with that? <laughs> well, I mean, you guys did. You well, know, if I had a chimichanga, I would definitely share. Yeah. That, well, chimichangas are amazing. You guys. The green chili mm, and the, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Monterey Jack cheese. So good. I mean, well, you guys were obsessed with Arby's, obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with Arby's for a while. So that's why I figured you and Mike, you know, Brad and Mike would just talk about food, you know. Well, we were paid to be obsessed by Arby's. Yeah, yeah. the rule is only be obsessed with Arby's if they're sponsoring you. Got it, got it. Otherwise, it's weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, so. Okay. So So, to to guess to get on track. (laughs) Are we off track again already? (laughs) What? 
<laughs> talk about what we're going to do. Yeah. Sean, we're going to talk about movies. We are, Brad. You need to center yourself no up. Big you introduction. Need, you need to center yourself up in your in your rectangle, Brad. You need to center yourself up. There you go. So if you're Here listening on the if you're listening on the so, podcast, I mean, just just watch the YouTube video. Fuck podcasts. Watch the use. This is the new horizon. <laughs> I'm so sorry to everyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, no. Anyways, talk about movies, and we'll have like a couple surprises along the way. But uh, for the most part, yeah, just. Uh, Gonna bring it back and just talk about whatever we want. Um, <laughs> plan, just talking about movies. Okay, that is the point, though. Movies. He didn't say horror. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing geared towards anything specific. Um, yeah. Just. Just movies in general. I can't. I can't plug. Um, nope. Something that's not no. a movie. <laughs> no. What if? I'm just kidding. All right. Sounds sounds fantastic. So, all right, for this, so for this first, this first, this welcome back episode, uh, I'm gonna we're calling it uh, COVID and the kitchen sink is the name is the title of this episode. Uh, we are going to basically do like an extended what's on your doorstep type thing. We'll kind of catch up on some movies we mo- movies we've watched uh, over this uh, hiatus and uh, and 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 that kind of uh, wait over the hiatus or whenever I. I thought we were just doing like the last week or two. We have to remember what we did six months ago. Not if you have. Well, I mean, that's why you should have letterbox, Mike. Yeah, that's why letterbox it, bro. <laughs> this uh, episode not that's sponsored you should by do. letterbox. Bring up on the screen each other, everybody's letterbox, and we'll just scroll through it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just us scrolling through our phones <laughs> or letterbox. Uh, yeah. yeah, whatever, whatever. I got a couple things to talk about. Not much. Uh, Brad has 253, I believe, uh, movies to talk about. So what I'll do is I'll turn the, no, the I'll, short. we'll short. turn the video to him and we'll all go take a break. We'll take a smoke break while Brad talks and then we'll come back. Sound good? Ooh, into it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, so who wants to, who wants to start? We can we can do the the round the round robin until Stephanie, we run out of, of stuff. <clears throat> okay. Stephanie, was Stephanie that, can you, start. Would you like to start? Well, I I guess I am the best at brevity, <clears throat> if I say so myself. Also, um, I pretty much only want to talk about one movie, so <laughs> that's easy. So uh, when we're on hiatus, uh, I happened upon a movie. Uh, that had a great gag title, a great punny, spoofy title. Uh, so I checked it out. Uh, it's called Look Who's Toxic. It's from 1990. It's ostensibly a horror comedy, but it, it doesn't really commit to anything. And that's part of its charm. Like it um, basically. OK, I'm doing this all wrong. I need to set the stage. OK. It's 1990. Give a hoot, don't pollute is on the lips of every God-fearing American. (laughs) And that shows in the box office. Uh, From the dedicated waste removal specialist to men at work to Kathy Bates taking out the trash talk in misery to Frank Henenlotter owning the cinematic landscape with the one-two punch of Frankenhooker and Basket Case 2. Society was ripe. Or look who's toxic. It's perfect. <laughs> you. 
You guys are terrible. Okay, so it's from um, a guy <laughs> named Lewis Matthew. It's uh, the only film he ever did. It's from Alan Stewart, who did Ghost Warriors and Demon Warrior fame. And they show uh, both of those movies in it. So basically, um, we have an evil guy who is dumping pollution into a small town's lake. And he also uh, needs a heart transplant. And he goes through a legal means to get it. And, um, you know, one thing comes to another. They kill a young guy for his heart. They dump his body in the lake and he comes back for revenge. So it's kind of like Toxic Avenger. If it was granola bars instead of junk food. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because uh, it has the kind of jokes where like a surgeon is smoking in the hospital in front of a no smoking sign and they hold on that for like 10 seconds. <laughs> so that's the kind of level like kind of at the beginning, you think you're going to kind of get something like the suckling because there's uh, a lady's giving birth and, you know, it's messed up. Everyone's shocked, but they don't show anything. So Whoops. Uh, Sorry, it, it's it's such a movie of almost and it doesn't deliver on anything. It's so unsatisfying. That I'm completely obsessed with it. I, I just find <laughs> it very charming. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, you know, when you mention like Toxic Avenger, like that type of thing. I always I always think of like, look, who's toxic is very similar to like Splatter University to where it doesn't really commit to anything. It's just really yeah. okey and just really silly and you know who the killer is it's just very obviously like like right you know right away um but the fun thing about look who's toxic is that it is uh produced by a fsu film professor frank okay. patterson who who produced a few movies like three or four movies in his life and they're just all very like just entertaining like mindless yeah. like fun so but yeah i always like look who's toxic especially like doing a parody of look who, look who's talking like as far as like the title but you don't actually right because that that was just 1989 right so that yeah it was like 88 and this one beat look who's talking too i think or it yeah. came out the same year uh yeah it I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Splatter University because I remember you recommending that movie. And when I saw it, I was like, really, Brad? Really? This one? <laughs> but you're right. It kind of stuck in my head. And I thought back to it. And that this. Yeah, I've seen this movie twice now. And uh, I love it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just really want to talk about Look Who's Toxic. I was pretty sure Brad would know about it. And it is narrated by the guy who uh, did LBJ's voice in JFK and Forrest Gump. So it does have a pedigree. Wow. Ooh, I didn't yeah, know. that's some classy stuff right there. I just remember watching it and like thinking that there's going to be like toxic animals talking or something. Because why would you title your movie Look Who's Toxic but not do a play off of Look, Look Who's Talking? It was just right, and it opens up with that uh, birth scene. So you're like, "Oh boy, that toxic baby is gonna." Yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't go like I see what you mean. It just doesn't like like push to anything. It's just kind of there. But um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, it, I, I it's do charming. Like it. it has some that great gym scenes for for right wing propaganda. You know, like if they did a documentary on 
some of those right wing pundits that could be look who's toxic. <laughs> Just reappropriate the title. Yeah. Probably. I was Why trying to find I a. I was trying to find a trailer for it, but I can't. All I all I found is the full film uh, on YouTube, and then there's uh, a reel of Lonnie film cameos. Should we just watch it? <laughs> yeah, can we just screen it? Sit and watch yeah, riff we'll on it. We'll just watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, everybody. This episode will be us. <laughs> you want to watch it, right? We'll just, we'll just, yeah, we'll just broadcast it. We'll just broadcast it right now. We'll bright, we'll pirate a movie right here on the screencast <laughs> with Captain Brad. <laughs> Captain Brad, awesome. Captain so, Brad, all right. pirate. I was trying to bring. I was trying to bring up the uh, the the cover, and I actually made everyone uh, turn into a web browser for a second. So I apologize, viewers. I apologize, listeners. You can see shit. <laughs> you'll you'll get used to it. It's fine. I get used to it. It's not that big of a deal. I'm kind of like uh, you know scene switcher, whatever you call it, uh, in the news. You know, in the newsroom slash also like trying to think of witty things to banter with. So. I, I feel like we're kind of channeling the awkward energy of look who's toxic right now. So. <laughs> nice. Well, nice. I, can, for us. I can jump to uh, two weeks in oh, another town, stuff. which this was the first first time for me. I, I don't know the reason why I watched it. I was just, you know, picking something from, you know, the li- library that I haven't seen before. Um, I didn't know anything about this, to be honest with you, other than, you know, Kirk Douglas was in it. But it was it was such a like a pleasant surprise. I mean, with with the performances in it, especially Edward Robinson, who plays uh, the character of Maurice Kruger, is just like it's it really kind of captures this. Like golden age Hollywood style of of course but also kind of the underbelly of like cheap filmmaking that existed around the time. And it's, I don't know. I've just never seen anything like that before to where it, you know, it's not a movie about filmmaking, but it has enough in it to kind of just dive into what around this time, even still today, what filmmakers go through as far as like these chip, the chip, these cheap movies that were being made around that time, but it's, you know, it's got a great uh, cast that has uh, Sid Charisse who is in uh, Silk, musical Silk Stockings. And um, what was something that is always, is it always fair weather? Yeah. It's always Um, fair weather. Yeah. And it's just, it it just has this like great cast. It's, it's about, you know, Kirk Douglas is, uh, it had a, uh, I guess he was drunk. He had this awful car accident. He went kind of mad, went into this, you know, they say asylum, but it's just more like, you know, a mental hospital, Um, you know, washed up actor has this uh, chance of right. And that's the other thing. It's kind of a story about redemption about, you know, this, uh, you know, washed up actor that has a chance to go fly over to, with his buddy, this director that's directing a picture in Rome uh, to, you know, just this, kind of throwaway comedy in a way. And these producers really don't even care about it, but he cares about anything that he does. So he gives them this like two week job on set. And then he just becomes kind of emotionally involved in different scenarios. 
um, you know, with, with of course the director, there's a love interest and eventually, you know, the, the director gets sick, then he has to take over the project. And then it just kind of circles back to his downward spiral again. But all in all, it's, it has great character development. It's, it's got a great script. The characters are, I mean, uh, Maurice Kruger's character is definitely one of my favorites of all time. Just the camaraderie and kind of the buddiness that he has with Kirk Douglas in this movie just works so well on so many levels. But I, I really, um, you know, we always have these golden age Hollywood movies, but this is kind of the underbelly of it that it shows. And that's what I like about it. It's a little, it's a little dark too. And you don't get that a lot with these types of movies, especially around this time, or at least ones that I have seen. Um, and then it didn't do well, apparently at the, at the box office, it was kind of a bomb um, uh, for MGM at the time. I think that's who released it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just this really kind of amazing piece of Hollywood like I love it. Perfect. That's yeah, my that, review. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And uh, I was surprised. And I think Mike was too, because we're both really big fans of the bad and the beautiful. And this is kind of a, yeah, <laughs> this is kind of a <laughs> pseudo sequel of it. Uh, not directly. It's in black and white, but they're definitely spiritual brothers, I guess. And uh, one of my favorite scenes is the, uh, they kind of riff off cat people and how they had to make that low budget work in the first one. So yeah, they're great. So really see the bad and the beautiful soon. Next, get it right away. I meant to watch it today. Okay. I just, I didn't have the time, but I will that, watch it ASAP. The storytelling format's really fun because, you know, you're, you learn about, uh, you know, each of these different people's relationship with Kirk Douglas and you learn about it through, you know, separate stories. And then you find out like why they're all coming back together. It's, it's really, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, it's dramatic, it's exciting. The Bad and the Beautiful is about as good as a Hollywood movie uh, from that time gets. Yeah. And Lana Turner's introduction is just one of my favorites of all time. So, yeah, old movies, everybody. Love on me, <laughs> Mike. What you got? Oh, I got a, I got a lot of things. Uh, but I'll, I want to, <laughs> I want to start with this one. Uh, Disorderlies. <laughs> I love Ross that. I, no, Disorderlies is great, and uh, you know, last. Okay, so this ties back. Like last summer, I was watching Coolie High. And that was the first movie by by Michael Schultz, the guy who ends up directing uh, Disorderlies. But then I kind of I went through and watched some of his other ones, you know, uh, Car Wash, Crush Groove. But there's something about Disorderlies. It's almost like that John Turturro, uh, Groucho Marx ripoff, uh, the Brain Donors. You know, this this almost seems like. Uh, like uh, the fat boys are the three stooges, you know, it's, it's just a fun, <laughs> goofy uh, afternoon at the movies. Uh, and and my, my man came over and we, we had masks. We were six feet away from each other, but uh, I put on disorderly. We watched it twice because it, it's so fun. <laughs> I, uh... Also, I remember in the ni- in the nineties, they had this list in entertainment weekly that said, 
the the most famous bad movies by good directors. And someone must have been having a laugh with the editor because they said Disorderly was directed by Jean-Luc Godard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would love to see that version. (laughs) But I want them both to exist. Yes. Yes. I uh, I saw this movie. I was all excited because I was younger, and it, it's it's an R-rated comedy. And uh, right, it's R-rated comedy, no, right? No, no, it's like no? it's like PG. Oh, I you know. Like I think PG. I'm getting okay. Okay, I'm getting this confused. There's isn't there a Richard Pryor kind of hospital movie? I'm getting this confused Not, with the. I don't, I don't know. With the Richard yelling Pryor fan. Odd. Anyway, okay, never mind. I, I was totally crisscrossing these movies with you know, other movies, as I usually Criss-cross. do. Crisscross. We're back, everybody. Screamcast is back. This is what I do. After the- <laughs> I mess. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think my first <laughs> Disorderlies was one of the very first movies I rented when I had uh, when I was working at Blockbuster and we just had the free rentals. It was one of the very like I think it was like the first batch of that week weekend that I, I rented. And I, that was like one of my favorite things to do is that I mainly saw everything in the horror section already and like action and drama because of my mother, but it was like a lot of the comedies I just didn't get to see. So mainly when I would rent things at Blockbuster and go home and watch them, it was mainly stuff like that, like disorderly screwballs, the recruits, you know, stuff. I just, I really enjoyed those types. Yeah, of still do. Real, real quick, just what it's about, how asinine this movie is. <laughs> it, it's really charming. Uh, but the, the plot is insane. Where this uh, this kind of um, hedge fund, you know, like nephew of this rich uncle. I don't know why they just didn't make him father and son. Because the <laughs> uncle nephew thing's like a little more like, you know, sus, right? Like he's that close to his uncle. But he's got like a Cuban boyfriend. And they're like evil and they want to kill the uncle to get all this money. And then the way they decide to kill the uncle, it's not like suffocate him. It's not anything normal like that, like push him or like drown him. It's not normal. What they want to do is they want to hire the worst orderlies that could possibly like be available for hire. And then through their negligence, the uncle will just die. But actually, well, I won't explain what happened. But, uh, Make me want to watch it again. It's been I a approve, long, long time. I approve of that plot. Oh, and it's, you know, it starts the Fat Boys who uh, who have or are adjacent with. Uh, are you ready for Freddy? Right? Yeah, of course. Are yeah. you ready yeah. for Freddy? Man, I haven't seen this one in forever. I need to watch the sucker again. All right, Daddy hey. Rigger. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah, what you got? Uh, all you right. So like lately, huh? So the first, the first thing I'll, the first thing I'll talk about, uh, is so when Wonder Woman 1984 came out, everyone was complaining about the whole body swap aspect of, uh, Chris Pine's character, uh, you know, coming back. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984. I haven't. Dang it. It's uh, okay. Bro. So I won't spoil anything. So, you know, Chris Pine, we all know from the trailer that he came back. So everyone's complaining about like the body swap aspect and they're like, you know, well, the writer should have known like that's awful because Wonder Woman is having sex with like some random guy and it's not really Chris Pine because his soul entered another body and I'm like, and everyone's complaining about it. Are you holding quantum leap? And I'm like, 
No one, none of you, none of you have seen freaking Quantum Leap. Because yeah. this is a complete series. Yeah. If you're offended by this one thing in Wonder Woman 1984, <laughs> watch this. There'll be, there's a... Uh, Dubious five, consent five show. seasons. Five seasons of things for you to bitch about. Jesus Christ. I bought Quantum lot. Leap just because of the Wonder Woman conversation made me go out and buy Quantum Leap the series. <laughs> so have you been binging it in anger? And that's what you want to talk I about. I love this flick. It's so good. It's, it's just so funny because like there's so much that I, like knowing how audiences react today to television series and things like that. It's just, I, I watch it. I mean, I love this series. And I love kind of thinking about like, what would people say today if this was airing today? Of course, there'd be like so many things, you know, that they would yeah, have there's, problems. There's one where he, where he, there's one where he leaps into a, a man with Down syndrome. And then he keeps referring to himself with the R word. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he looks in the mirror and he says, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Bradley. So, Oh my god! So uh, I've been having a blast rewatching uh, Quantum Leap, and uh, I mean, you know, it's just a, it's a great show that didn't really, like, didn't really have like a resolved ending. I used to I watch that with my grandma. <laughs> Aww. I don't ever remember yeah. the in revol- resolving. So he's just still in my mind. Sam is just he's still, you know, hopping into still hopping into bodies. bodies. Yeah, he never, well, it says he never got home. It's- that's the last thing of the series. It says Samuel yeah. Dr. Beckett never returned home, and they misspell his last name. <laughs> they ain't care. They're like, this show's done. We don't care anymore. Um, so. so this is a little bit to the side, but does anyone want to start a Sliders podcast with me? Because every time <laughs> Quantum Leap comes up. I would love to start a Sliders podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know, quantum leap and sliders to me i don't know that's an that's an evening i can approve of that so yeah quantum what leap. was the show that um i'm blanking on his name the quantum leap guy they showed Stop up that. and they kind of spoofed it yeah. was it it's always sunny Something. Oh, did they? I don't. I don't know. I missed that one. If they, if they I've did. seen maybe two of the. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia episodes. I'm awful. I'm awful at television. And then if you're just a horror fan out there, Scott Bakula is the guy who stars in Lord of Illusion. There yes, you know. yes, We've yes. Back and there is horror. an episode where he jumps into a horror writer's body, too, which there is pretty go. fun. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. All right, Steph, what, you, what, what do you have it's for us after stuff. the Quantum Leap discussion here? <laughs> Nothing. That's it. That's the only, <laughs> the only movie I've watched. What? For about three months is Look Who's Toxic. <laughs> Look, I mean, I know we all need comfort movies and stuff. I mean, I didn't watch horror for a good seven months. Seriously, comedies and like you just watch a lot of horror movies. Well, there's one I saw finally recently. Sean, have you seen Love and Monsters? Yes, mm. Love and Monsters. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I feel like that's a good crowd pleaser and a very yeah, Sean kind family. of movie. Love and Monsters yeah. is what Monster Hunter couldn't even like wanted to be maybe it's a better monster hunter movie than monster hunter with like some really great love stuff like a really great love story (laughs) (laughs) that's the kind of movie i i watch i'm like oh i wish this was around when i was a kid i would have lost my mind 
Uh, it's so good. Oh yeah, no, it's it's great. We we watched it together as a family, and um, yeah, it's it's really really good. So okay, and then real quick, I'm just catching us up on a couple titles because I okay. I curious about what you specific dudes think about them. Well, so what everybody think about Possessor? Oh, I love Possessor. Uh, Possessor? Yeah, I like Possessor. It went harder than I thought it than I thought it would. And Possessor is the only one where uh, in the last few months, people I haven't talked to, they'll just text me out of the blue and be like, have you seen Possessor yet? So it, it seems to be uh, it seems to be the one that's getting a lot of, uh, you know, Horror, film, horror fans on the, the fence to jump back in for, for scary movies. And then it, it seems to be pleasing uh, the old fans too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's one of those movies that I don't know, like I was really looking forward to, forward to it. Cause I, you know, obviously Cronenberg's son, even though he doesn't, he, I mean, obviously he's trying to do his own thing, but I remember seeing antiviral and, I wanted to really like it, but I just couldn't get into it. But I love the concept of how dirty it was. It just like, I felt dirty watching it. Like people wanting to get STDs kind of like, you know, uh, as their, as their favorite actress or, or, or celebrity does. And I was just like, this is so fucked up and weird, but it, it, it works. Um, but I just, I wasn't really, I just couldn't get that much into it. So I was really excited about Possessor, and it, yeah, it 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 definitely took me for a spin that I wasn't expecting. Um, I was expecting more like a straight like horror, and it wasn't that. It was definitely kind of a mixed genre movie, and yeah, uh, it's just it was just really good. I loved it, and you I, get to see Venus, which is you know rare. And the and that was only in the uncut version, right, or the unrated version? That's the only cut I've seen. Okay, yeah, well, I mean, I know they were. I am curious about what they cut, cut out then. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna watch the no peen cut. <laughs> yeah, no peen, no brag. Yeah, yeah, that's what he says. Only penises in this. But to house. circle back on on Love and Monsters, <laughs> how crazy was Brian Duffield's career in 2020? Like having underwater, spontaneous love and monsters and babysitter part two. Like th- he had four movies in one year. Well, someone yeah. had to have a good year. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. I mean, the movies. I mean, obviously he was writing these beforehand, but having all this stuff come at once, and I, I feel that spontaneous and love and monsters would have been a lot bigger if they had festival runs and maybe the theater. Oh yeah, love and monsters oh, yeah. definitely could have went to the theater a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, like, probably high concept kind of genre bordering movies like that. Unfortunately, don't do that well anymore. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I agree with you. But it sure. would go in line with like that diversion stuff. And I mean, obviously Dylan, o- is his name Dylan O'Brien? He has the maze runner success and, you know, kids like that. So I imagine it would have done okay. Spontaneous, not so much, but spontaneous was a great movie as well. You know, a, a great love story that is bloody as shit. Oh my gosh. I love, I loved how much blood was in that movie. I have not seen Spontaneous yeah. yet. Babysitter Killer Queen, not so much. I didn't really care for that. Um, but, I mean, of course, I loved Underwater a lot. Yeah. No, under, Underwater was a highlight of 2020 for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, that was definitely one of my favorites. That was the last. Yeah. That was the last film I saw in a theater. Yeah. Uh, same. Fuck you, twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> on top of talking about the golden age of of movies and the forties and fifties, we're going to talk about the secret of my success with Michael J. Fox. Oh yes. Which is definitely a script from the 1950s that was never updated, <laughs> made into an 80s movie. Because uh, obviously, you know, we had a lot of these movies at this time with, um, you know, uh, it, it, in in back in the day, that like the 50s and and stuff like that had uh, films with, um, you know, the success stories or whatever. And yeah, it just feels like this movie was written in the fifties pulled out of a desk and then said, okay, let's make a movie. We'll make this one. <laughs> um, it, it's not bad. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I wasn't bored. You know, it has Helen Slater in it from, you know, Supergirl and Billy Jean. Um, and like, it has, it has a good cast too. It with between uh, Margaret Witten, who is, you know, RIP, uh, she's she's wonderful in it but it's it's just one of these movies that is just it's definitely geared towards like it feels like it should have been geared towards children because of the kind of the paper thin plot that it has <laughs> along with just how absurd it was that you have you know this Kansas City kid lives you know on a farm goes to uh you know New York City has this job lined up, gets this really shitty apartment that they never really talk about, but they just have this one scene where he just is, has all these clutter and obviously rats are there. So he goes to his job the very first day, super excited. He's majored in something, but it's never really discussed what his education is. But uh, I guess the corporation or the office, uh, I'm going to have to do something with business, of course, uh, is shutting down and he loses his job day one. Uh, but he has like a distant family member in there, an uncle that r runs like a Fortune 500 company. So he goes there basically pleading after doing numerous interviews and getting turned down that he doesn't have any experience or he's too experienced, uh, you know, as far as the education is concerned. So he gets this uh, gets a job in the mailroom that his uncle puts him in, and then he uh, you know does odd jobs. He drives this woman to her home. He you know just tells her that she looks pretty because she's obviously down. He fucks her, and then it turns out to be his aunt. And it's wait, what? Like, okay, like, yeah, it's yeah, it's his aunt, and like they find out, and it's like there's by marriage. There's so no I shouldn't watch this with the kids. Well, no, there's no like, there's no like sex. You just okay. it's, it's after all. the fact Wait, they talk about it. But consistently through the yeah. movie, yeah, his you said fuck was having sex with him. <laughs> Did, does, is there like line of dialogue where she's like, "Oh, I wish you didn't come inside me." Like, how do you know he's <laughs> oh, no. But but there's this constant like she's really trying oh. to bang him consistently through the movie she wants to get him alone and there are scenes like that and it's like th there's no morality to it there's like everybody's kind of a piece of shit even michael j fox in the movie 
And so he, uh, you know, just how they speak to people, how they speak, speak to each other, you know, uh, it's just, it's just so absurd um, that this is the most eighties movie that I've seen in a long time where it's like it, you watch it and it's like, this is so much the fucking eighties that it's like oozing out of the screen. Um, well, I think even but, the title, you know, and how, my Helen success, Slater is, you know, like that kind of title, it's like, that's <laughs> but, like the eighties was all about that. What know? was the secret? He fucked that. That's the thing is that there actually is no secret because what he does is that he's in the mail room and he finds this abandoned office of this guy that was recently fired. And he goes in there and he creates, uh, basically there's a phone and he creates this other character that, you know, this, uh, office persona, a person that is, he's trying to infiltrate his way into the business to save the business. But it's, it's so absurd. Yeah. No. Well, they Michael J. Fox seriously because he looks like a kid. Yeah. Right. Well, Brad, like you said, it feels like it should be made for kids. That's perfect because it plays out like a child's idea of what being a grown up is. Like right. there's yeah, sex exactly without any sex. Uh, there's no paperwork or red tape. You're just like, oh, if I'm professional in this office, I have the job. So yeah, <laughs> right. it works he's doing like- all this work, but he's getting paid mailroom like you know salary. For all this stuff, it's not really said what he's actually doing there. He just starts working in this office and starts doing deals. But it's a yuppie. They used to pay you for being a yuppie. You know, even blank check makes more sense than this. Right. That's what I was going to say. Because Karen Duffy totally wanted to fuck the kid in that one. Oh, no, don't say that. That's terrible. (laughs) Uh, No, she did. Well, so, so the crazy thing right about now. this is this is directed by Herbert Ross, by the way. All right. Herbert Ross did the Sunshine Boys, Footloose. Yeah. He also did the amazing Goodbye Girl. And it's crazy to think that he did something like this. But anyways, he did. It's it, And here's the th- thing, Sean. You want to know the thing is? It's like written by the guys that did Top Gun. So that should explain Ooh. everything right there. <laughs> It actually does. <laughs> as much as I love Top Gun, I get it. No, I get it now. By the guys that wrote Top Gun, and it's just—it's just an absurd. And here's the thing: it's not bad. It's very enjoyable. It's got a great soundtrack. You know, Michael J. Fox is always watchable. You know, um, but it's just like if you're trying to make sense of the movie and heads of tails, you're not going to do that. You're actually going to be angry. <laughs> at the plot of the movie just sit back and enjoy this this one of the cheesiest movies what, I've seen from the what is it rated, brad what is it rated what is it what is it rated like what is what's uh, it an r-rated pg yeah pg-13 yeah because that that was one they always showed on tv in the 90s but it whenever i would watch it it always felt like something was missing but it based on your uh review here as a full-blown adult just sounds like a crazy movie yeah, it, it, it's it. You know, that's the thing. Is like, you know, it's not like, oops, I screwed my aunt. Ooh, you're my, you know, you're my nephew. You're my, you're you're part of my family. No, it's like, let's do it again. And I'm like, wait a second, why is that actually happening? I was like, is it? There's no morale. There's like everybody, and everybody's a piece of shit. Helen Slater's fucking the 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 husband of the aunt. And then, you know, he's trying to have 
the aunt spend more time with the nephew, but he doesn't know that they're trying to have sex. But there is this really there is this really great scene when they're in this like mansion, uh, like spending the weekend of them trying to go to each other's rooms. It's very comical, like Scooby Doo ish. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like yeah, I mean, it's if if you just want something mindless, this is it, and it's not funny. There's no funny jokes. It tries to be really funny, but it's not funny. <laughs> But it's it's not bad. That's the crazy thing. It's like I couldn't dislike the movie. I was just like, eh, it's fine. Is that the Mill but, Mill, Mill Creek re- released that right? Was the Mill Creek? Uh, no, this was uh, uh, Kino so the first oh, one was uh, oh, Kino uh, did it. Uh, archive, um, yeah, Born archive, and this one was uh, you could tell by the oh, the spine, spine, Kino spine. Kino okay. I mean, I, I bought it. I just forget. I just. Don't pay attention. Disorderly DVD by by Warner <laughs> Brothers. You can see the shield. Is that shit on blue? Is that shit on Baby Blue yet? Is uh, that on Baby I Blue t- yet? Not on Blu-ray. Disorderly's no, I don't. So. All right, let's pirate it. Let's start so. up. A, let's start so up a channel really and pirate quick. it. Let's watch Disorderly's, everybody. Let's let's put on Disorderly's right now. <laughs> that would be fun. I would be down. For that. <laughs> uh, Brad, to piggyback. On the 80s-ness of uh, The Secret to My Success, uh, really quick, two very 80s documentaries in the last year. Uh, Class Action Park, uh, a fun documentary about uh, about Action Park in uh, Vermont, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One of the craziest uh, theme parks ever, like uh, run by teenagers, uh, like uh, founded by this crazy megalomaniac that doesn't want to follow any of the rules, uh, cover-ups with death, uh, <clears throat> alcohol, every, it's just the, the most 80 shit ever. And they got some good, uh, good footage from like headbangers ball when they would, uh, uh, film out there like the MTV during the summer. So I recommend that. Oh, and they made that, uh, Johnny Knoxville movie, right? Action. action yeah. Action point. Park. Action point. Action point. Yeah. It's based on action park. Um, it's, it's the most realistic Johnny Knoxville movie just for that reason. And then, um, and then, oh, the other one is console wars. I did, I did like that, uh, based on Blake Harris's book about the war between, uh, super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. I mean, Nintendo and Sega, but it mostly focuses on the 16 bit era. And that, that was a lot of fun. There's some, some good animation in there and it's kind of done in that style of, uh, like the toys that made us, you know, where it has like a goofy kind of narrator and they're like, wait, what did he say? And then it goes, and then they like rewind. And, you know, then they're like, we have to go back to Japan. And you see like the plane go. So it's not like a boring Ken Burns documentary. (laughs) It's great. Uh, But the movie I want to talk about really quick is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dig. So I've. You can't see it because of the light, right? But dig, I, see it. I, just, I don't. I don't that's, think I've ever seen that right there. That's I've cool. seen that movie about a hundred times with and without dig. the commentary. Yeah, I, I mean, dig, dig is just one that I put on when I just when I want to go somewhere else. And what's fun is the the place you get to go in dig is uh, you know San Francisco and L.A. in the the uh, the early 90s and you know places where i was so it was kind of like looking in uh you know it's like it's like going in a time machine for me plus also i was into uh 
I, I was actually into the Dandy Warhols before I was into the Brian Jonestown massacre, but this film really fucking turned that wagon around. <laughs> but um, what years it did, from? I haven't seen it. It won the it won best documentary the year it came out at uh, at uh, Sundance. It might have even won best best film at Sundance. I don't know, but um, amazing yeah, documentary cool. about the rivalry between the Brian Jonestown massacre which is a band. It's not like a Jim Jones thing. Yeah, yeah that was Jones. A bit. And then uh, the Brian Jonestown massacre and then their like friendly fake rivalry with uh, the Dandy Warhols who kind of rise, rise up in the, the kind of like, um, what would you call it? Like, like power pop rock that was uh, happening at the, uh, the late nineties, early two thousands. But um, if you know the Veronica Mars theme song, then you know the Dandy Warhol. Uh, yeah, they were they were actually on the radio when I was growing up in Albuquerque, but I hadn't heard about the Brian Jonestown Massacre until I right. saw the documentary. And then I became a yeah. huge fan. But yeah, oh, it's yeah. how long did she follow them? Oh, it, I, I, it had, I don't, I forget. I don't know how long she followed them for, but it was uh, 2,000 hours of footage. So, I mean, you just do the math. There's like at least 10 hours in one day, right? And then plus another day would be like another 10 hours. So it's like basically 3,000 days, I think she followed them. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And uh, that, that's when I would definitely get the DVD for because the deleted scenes are incredible. They have um, the Dandy Warhols do a commentary on it, and it's incredibly biased and mean. <laughs> there it, oh, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. It's I out mean, of print. It, what? It's out of print? Is it expensive out of print? $45.99. Mike. <laughs> well, you're not going to be able to get it on eBay, though. That's that's off of Amazon. All right, so, so no, new thing. If you pay us $20 a month, we will start up a YouTube channel, and we will pirate movies for you to watch. I don't know if you want this stuff on record, Sean. Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> it's it's two DVD uh, special edition, uh, eight bucks on eBay. Yeah, get it. That's that's perfect way to spend eight dollars. I put I put it up there with American movies as one of the best uh, documentaries about American creatives uh, out there. I, I love it. And uh, the director of this, um, sorry, uh, Andy Tamor, she just did one called Coming Clean, a documentary about the opioid uh, tragedy going right. on in America right now. So. Yeah, she's one of the best documentarians out there. Interesting. Was that for Netflix, do you know? I don't know. Okay. All right, oh, Daddy Dreger. Clean, I was thinking going two. clear. That's, <laughs> that's the give No, me that's the Scientology one. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> so after me, we'll do one more, one more trip around the... Uh, through the, memory lane. I don't know. One more trip around the sun. I don't know. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk real quick about, and and this is kind of like 
we'll have a we'll have a topic of discussion here, and I've been I've been you know <clears throat> talking about like pirating movies and stuff. But the movies I wanted to talk about real quick that I finally had watched, and I hadn't watched them forever because um, they were couldn't find them on you couldn't find them on uh, Blu-ray. You can find them you couldn't find them anywhere except maybe DVD and VHS. Yeah. But uh, the first one I'm gonna talk about is uh, can I get this to show? Boom, Fright Night Part Two. Hey. which I finally uh, watched for the first time in my life. And I had an absolute uh, blast with this film. Um, I may have enjoyed it even more than the original Fright Night. It's just a bit more... No, I like Fright Night 2 more than fr- fr- first yeah. Fright Night. I mean, Fright Night is great. Like, it's a fantastic film. This is just kind of goes in a whole other... And it's, just, it's another level. You have like a werewolf vampire, um, some crazy, even crazier effects. And uh, there's more vampires, of course, in this one. Um, I like, I'm, I'm glad they kept, you know, the same character, his, his, you know. It's got a better cast. Huh? A lot better cast? Yeah, dude, it's got Brian Thompson, mm-hmm. um, Tracy Lynn. Um, uh, what's the other... Julie Carmen. It's got Julie Carmen in it. Brian Thompson eats bugs. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, was the vampire on roller skates. <laughs> and the and the funny thing is like with him eating bugs, because like apparently in the in the novelization of the original Fright Night, um uh I have it above a I can't remember the, the main vampire's name. I'm a I'm I'm a horrible horror fan. Harry Dandridge. He's always eating. He's always, you know, Chris Ant. Um, who's the he's the actor? Jerry Sarandon. Chris Dandridge Sarandon. Is the Chris Sarandon's character is, is always eating Sarandon. fruit because apparently he used to be a fruit bat or got bit or something like that. There was like some history in the bat lineage of of his vampire character that he came from fruit bats. Um, so they it's so like there's this weird like, you know little thread that is never explained in the movie, but it's explained was, I guess in the original script that, um, these vampires take on some attributes from like their ancestor bats that they came from or something like that. Um, so like, you know, with that, with that vampire in Friday night two eating the bugs all the time, it's just so incredibly random. And, uh, you know, but I, I, I had such a blast with this flick. Um, it sounds like you gave it some context that, What's that? What did you say, oh, Mike? I said it, but it, it, it appeared random, but now that you gave us some context, it kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I, I imagine it would be, it maybe it was in the, it was in the, it was in the original script, and then they must have, you know, had notes, or they, or they just copied, you know, they followed kind of Chris Randon's lead, and was like, I'm gonna eat weird shit, <laughs> I'm gonna eat weird shit in this movie. Um, but Fright Night Two, there is an HD version of it. <clears throat> and it's <clears throat> it's streamed on certain channels, but of course like, there is a laser disc. There's a laser disc, but I mean, so some people have cleaned it up, and you know, and this is this is like the gray area yeah. of of bootlegging, right? So there's a bunch of bootlegs. You know, you can find you can find things um, for Fright Night Two. You can see it. It's available in some sense, but like the filmmakers or nobody involved is getting paid. 
So yeah, it'll flicker on and off Prime occasionally for like, right. mm-hmm. and who knows who puts it there, but it'll just kind yeah. of flick on and off. Fright yeah. Night Two is like the heartbreak kid of horror. It just kind of shows up when it feels like it. <laughs> now, which I think there's some sort of rights involved. Well, Green fun Saber. fact is that uh, I don't know how fun this is, but there was originally going to be a Fright Night Three, and it was in production for the most part as far as pre-pro, but it was all canceled because. Uh, Richard Menendez was the producer of it, and then he was murdered by his kids. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. If, if a reason's yeah. gonna get a movie, canceled. yeah, he was he was the original uh, <laughs> owner. And there's like some like talk, like that's the reason why the rights are tied up, but that's not the reason why. Do you know? It's the just reason? the company that owns it doesn't give a shit. They're huh. bastards. Um, well. Yeah, so that's that's Friday night too. So I mean, I'm late to the party. I'm, 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 what was that? Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. I was just gonna <laughs> nothing. Got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the next we want to talk about. So Friday night too. If I mean, I'm late to the party. If you're a horror fan, you've seen it. But it would be great if some company put out an amazing Blu-ray copy of this because um, there is, you know, like I said, there's an HD copy out there. But if, you know, if some company ever did it, <clears throat> can get the rights from whoever owns them, that'd be amazing. Um, the next movie yeah. I wanted to talk about, let's take, let's take uh, Fright Night 2 off and put this, is uh, Harry, Harry? Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Harry, Harry Mellow, Harry Mary Lou. Hello, Mary Lou, prom night, prom night. <laughs> Holy oh, shit, I, I can't talk. Nothing's Harry, changed. Mary. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Good, never all. changed, Sean. Until <laughs> you get some names. Hey, so uh, prom night two is is another, um, I almost, I enjoy it way more than the first film. It was apparently, you know, they took the script, they took the movie, the movie was made, they slapped prom night two on it just to, for marketing purposes. Um, really has nothing to do with the original prom night, uh, I guess with the exception of a couple name, maybe the name of the school is the same. Um, but uh, this thing is a lot more supernatural, bonkers, crazy ass shit, and um, you know, this, this, this thing, it's frustrating that these films that are actually, you know, more fun than the originals are nowhere to be seen. I think prom night two is on DVD, right? So, so my, so my question, my question to the panel today is, uh, so we've, we've had talked, I kind of, you know, uh, posted something on social media, media a week or so, a week or so ago about, you know, what do we do when there's these films, you know, that, you know, aren't available? Do we kind of Robin Hood this shit? Do we post it? Do we, um, you know, what do we do? And some people are you know, doing these YouTube channels, which is why I keep referring to these YouTube channels. Um, and they're creating these things where like, well, this movie's not available, so we're going to broadcast it. Well, then it turns out like they don't do any research and somebody actually does on the rights and they are actually are preparing, you know, a new release. Yep. There's a whole people's court. <laughs> people's court. There's a recent people's court oh, episode that was great. with massacre video, which is definitely worth watching. And that's what kind of got me thinking about all this stuff. 
you know, because I do own some bootleg Blu-rays in my collection. If, you know, if a, a, if a good release comes out, I will definitely buy the, uh, the new release. Uh, my money will go to the right people. But there's this, you know, temptation that we want, you know, for us physical media collectors, we want things in our collection. Um, or we, or, or if you're just a movie fan, you want to see these movies. What do you guys think about, you know, is there rules? Is it the Wild West? Should people post things and then if they're caught, take it down? What do you all think? Well, I, I'll go. I'll go first because I have a quick answer. Uh, I wouldn't do it online because you got tons of eyes on you and shit. Yeah. But there are some of the best bootlegs that you could buy at Amoeba in Berkeley. You could get on DVD. Uh, I got Angel Egg. You know, I got uh, Soderbergh's Kafka. I got uh, Grizzly Redux, like a really fucked up uh, comedy version of uh, Girdler's movie. Um, all those Turkish uh, exorcism, Turkish Star Wars, Turkish, uh, uh, or, oh no, what was the one? Rush, uh, Russian Star Trek. That one's amazing. But I recommend buying those. They're just like 10 bucks a pop, and that shit's not even <clears throat> online. <laughs> All right. Brad, you have, you have opinions. I have lots of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I my thing is is that yes, movies need to be seen. That that's just that's that's the end of you know, that's basically the, the end result is that movies deserve to be seen, they deserve to be watched. However, I don't think that anybody should be making any profit yes. off of this stuff, uh, no matter who they are, whether they're putting on a DVD, whether they have you know, a YouTube channel. Uh, so, so the thing is, is that on YouTube, you know, it's, you have to be careful with, with certain things, because the thing is that they have so many subscribers on this YouTube channel, they're still getting money from the times that you, you know, watch uh, the video, uh, you know, with their subscribers count, like over a thousand, they actually start see, seeing revenue. And a lot of these channels, they do have quite a few subscribers. So my only issue, the same thing as if you go to a convention and they're selling bootlegs of movies. Um, yes, like the movie's not available, but I just don't understand. I, I think the, the biggest thing is that the majority of people are not going to upgrade when the actual movie comes out on like a real like release right. as far as whoever releases right. you know you you and i will sure like if we if we own a bootleg but uh, honestly like you know i have a large collection of movies that are un unavailable um and i would say that i've probably only bought like two bootlegs in my life um as let me take that back. I used to do a lot of car booting and stuff like that when I was younger, um, going and, uh, did we lose Sean? No, I'm here. We just got, uh, uh I'm, <clears throat> we lost, do we lose Mike? Technical, technical so. can difficulties. You hear me? I, we oh, can, we hear, can you. hear you. <clears throat> but now you I gotta, let, just let's go and hear me. All right. I got it. I don't know me... if this is recording though. So Sean, are you, no, it's it's recording. We're good. It's it's recording. We're uh, 
we're uh it's all good i'm just trying to okay. i'm trying to move all this stuff around all right and get us back to where we were hold on let me see, see. brad stephanie we're back now now mike oh. you're just you're just a uh you're just a telephone <laughs> so, so, so my thing is, you know, I'm never going to sit here and say that I've never downloaded a movie, never done anything like that. Of course I have. Um, but would you, you know, steal a car, Brad? <laughs> here's the thing, though, is that I would, you know, piracy is going to happen. No matter what, it's going to happen. But I, my only beef with stuff is that when you're actually giving money to a entity that is selling the product that they didn't, they don't deserve it and they haven't earned the right to do so and not earn the rights as far as even licensing. I just don't think anybody should profit off of somebody else's work, you know? What about about, uh, like the wizard of Oz? No one who made that movie is alive today. So should Warner brothers keep getting money for it? Well, I mean, if they own the rights in perpetuity and that's what they paid for and that's what they produced. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as like, you know, oh, it's just like a hand me down as as far as the the people within the company. It would be like if your great, 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 great grandparents owned a house just because they're, you know, dead for 100 years doesn't mean that someone should just move into the house and grab it because the owner's originally dead. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it didn't fit the exact statement that you made. But like you, I, I think you said that, or what I heard was uh, that if you didn't make the movie, then you don't deserve to to get the profit. Right. But here's the thing: is that nine out of ten times, owners aren't actually seeing money. It's the company that initially bought it. But if yeah. you're a company that spent, you know, thirty thousand dollars, three million dollars, thirty million dollars to own the movie or you produced it, then yeah, you own sole ownership. So no matter what it is, just because it's a, a, a corporate conglomerate of a company doesn't mean that they shouldn't see anything else. You know, yes, I would rather people, you know, download uh, a Marvel movie than an indie movie. Sure. You know, cause that's obviously, you know, the Marvel movies made its money back, but it's still not the point. It's still, it's still theft. And it, you know, but my, my thing is, is that if you're going to do it, you know, download it from a source, uh, you know, go to the YouTube station, don't watch the video, just rip it off of YouTube and then watch it. <laughs> you know, try your best not to give money to these people. And, and, and then the fact that people actually manufacture these like DVDs and Blu-rays is just is just beyond me. I, I just I don't understand it. And most of it's lies like. There, I always see, you know, people on these forums and uh, Facebook groups saying 1080p Blu-ray. No, it's not. You know, there's no restoration done. There, there, there's, there's, there's. It's the same thing as like that. Uh, you know, the People's Court case when the guy said, you know, he restored the movie. No, he didn't restore anything. He grabbed a copy of it and he played with it like an Adobe like Final Cut or something. Yeah, it sounded like he put a filter on it or something. Right, ran, ran it through some There's sort no of restoration. Uh, and plus, he has no right to put it on there and and, and make make any money. And you know, uh, I think essentially that's kind of the long term is that if you have a company that is bootlegging a really nice copy of you know. Uh, any, any movie it doesn't have to 
I have one of the devils that looks really good, actually. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like a lot of this stuff really does look nice. So when, you know, it is available, sometimes people just won't upgrade. But it's amazing to me how much work is put into bootlegs just to make a quick buck. Um, But as it's as it's been shown recently with kind of this people's court is that some companies can take you down. They can take you to court for this stuff, you know, because sometimes ownership passes into the distributors. Um, You know, sometimes owners just pay attention to their stuff. And it's 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 really not about like these these people are withholding their movie. It's not like a producer that made this movie like look who's toxic, uh, you know, made this movie in the eighties and he's sitting there and he's just you know doesn't want the movie out there. Sometimes people just don't know, you know. A lot of people don't know that there is this uh, this boutique like label and this niche label of like all these old movies can be re released. A lot of these people just think these movies were just throwaways to make a quick buck. I mean, I see, I, I hear it all the time when I contact, you know, producers or, you know, directors or actors even, you know, hey, we're re-releasing this movie. And the first question, the first question I get is, why are you doing that? You know, like they, they see no value. So again, you know, it's not like they're sitting there with money bags in their eyes, like waiting for people to upload so they can <laughs> sue. There are some people that don't want their work out there. Um, and that's the other thing. Like it's, it's it might be their wish to do that. And that's where you come into kind of like, um, you know, a kind of a morality aspect is that, the, you know, maybe the, they're a born again Christian. They don't want their movies out there. Um, but again, that goes back to my all movies should be seen, but just don't steal it or don't don't purchase the 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 bootlegs. Just just stream it somewhere where no one's getting any money or just download it. And, and this is for stuff that's virtually unavailable, not for, you know, a new movie, uh, just because it's not streaming on Amazon Prime or Shutter and it costs 20 bucks on Voodoo doesn't mean you download it. You know, but like if there is something like look who's toxic, of course, you have to watch it. You know, I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to find out another means. You know, uh, again, I have, you know, kind of the benefit because I'm a member of Cinemageddon. So it it does change things for me. I don't have to scour YouTube. I don't have to, you know, you do that. To to rub that in. Huh? <laughs> you always have to rub that in. Man. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I think I think that's like the end goal is trying to find something that you can actually download and keep and then watch and not purchase it, not give anybody money. You can have it at your own leisure, watch it, champion it, tell other people to watch it. And that's how a lot of these movies gain their cult status. And that's the great thing, because then sometimes that crosses over to the owners. Yeah, sometimes you know, a lot of studios, uh, you know, distributors see that arrow vinegar syndrome, you know, code red, whoever it may be, they'll see, Oh, people are talking about this. Let me investigate. And they'll find it's the true. Right. And, well, and that's Stephanie, how play out. Stephanie posted a good uh, example of that type of movie today, which was um, streets of fire, which when I was growing up, streets of fire was kind of like an Ishtar where mm-hmm. people just, didn't even pay attention to it because it flopped at the box office or whatever. And they didn't get the, the rock and roll fableness of it all, you know? And then 
it's not until they look at Walter Hill's output, you know, 15 years later that people started to like Streets of Fire to the point where, like, I remembered, oh, that was a movie that people made fun of when I was a kid. They would they would think it was like a cheesy, dumb thing to be into. But then woo, the nerds win because Streets of Fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing as like I, I remember, you know, uh, growing up being a young kid and and trying to find return of living dead like it was you couldn't it was so hard to find but there was so much talk about it so many people wanted to see Mm -hmm. it and of course mgm got wind of that and they re-released it on dvd after all those years and i'll never forget going to best buy and there was like 50 copies of it on dvd uh that that day but that's the thing is that you know you you had and monster squad was another one it's hard to picture like those movies were unavailable at one time because yeah. they're everywhere now but right. the reason why they're everywhere is that you had people watch them you had people talk about them you had people champion them and then companies and studios yeah. and whoever it may be they realize that they understand the movies wanted and then they'll re-release it you know I mean, that's the whole thing. One of the reasons why I wanted to go after Spookies was is is that it was one people wanted to see it. It's not a great movie, but people wanted to see it. It has been bootlegged to death, you know. And you know that's that's and people do take notice of that. We as a company, we notice those types of things. So, but again, the only way you're going to see it is if you actually you know have to watch it illegally but i i don't look at that as a bad thing if, if it's if you know obviously people don't have vcrs hardly ever today so buying a vhs copy for 50 dollars is not going to work it's not on dvd it's not on blu-ray it's not on any streaming service of course you have to fucking watch it illegally there's nothing wrong with that you know um if, if it's not legally if it's not available legally to purchase you know, in a format that is, you know, fitting, that's not outrageously priced, then yeah, buy it. But for the most part, a lot of these old movies, you have to, you know, that's just how it is. What about Nightlife? I need that one from 1989. The zombie zombie one, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, that's another one. You know, I still have my VHS of it. Yeah, I would love to get rid of it. (laughs) Yeah. I know, Radioactive Dreams. Maybe there's yeah, a company. Uh, I mean, maybe there's, there's a company yeah, that I mean, can. Uh, here's Let's just shout titles we want at Brad. And hope for the best. I was gonna say maybe he there's loves a company. That, I know it. Maybe I there's a company it. that can help us, Brad. Is there a company that can help us? <laughs> there, there, are, there are several companies. That can help us. Several companies. Not. not uh, I have a quick question. Um, sure. Steph has a question. <laughs> well, when you're talking about things getting claimed on YouTube, and sometimes I'll notice I'll click on something, I'll say cl- uh, copyright claim by vinegar syndrome <clears throat> or those specific companies. Uh, do you guys ever get specific blowback because of that? Do you ever get like angry messages that you're taking movies away from the people or anything along those lines? Um, no, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, you know, something's up there that we, we do or anybody. I mean, it, Severin does it, you know, Shout Factory does it. Uh, some people care, some people don't. Uh, and when I say some people, it's like companies and stuff because there's MGM movies that are uploaded on, you know, YouTube and MGM doesn't give a shit apparently. Uh, but it, again, it's like a full-time job 
trying to find that stuff. But if it's there in plain sight and we see it, well, yeah, but I wouldn't say like angry emails or anything like that. It's just, you know, again, in, 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 is it, in a, part of it's the research is, as Sean said, like trying to find out, but again, you know, we can't wear this hat of like, you know, anybody releases a movie arrow releases, you know, cinema paradiso, not everybody that likes that movie knows that movie's available on Blu-ray. I, I see it every all to, all the time. Is that people? I mean, someone just recommended a movie to me today. Like, oh, you should release this, and you know, Scorpion did it. You know, and sometimes people just don't type in like this movie Blu-ray. You know, and they'll see that it's there. <laughs> a lot of copies, you know, a lot, or a lot of movies miss people, and that, and that's fine. And sometimes these are up, you know, YouTubers, people that upload them on YouTube and don't do the proper research. But, you know, it, it, it's not about punishing them. It's just like, hey, you know, this person obviously owns the rights to this or, you know, we own the rights to this. That's not cool. You know, it, it, it's it's not to, you know, sue people and put people in jail or, or whatever it may be. But it's just kind of setting the record straight. I guess you could say. Oh, good to hear. It's friendly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, the thing is, is that it's, it's a messy, it's a, it's a really, it's very muddy and messy, like kind of road to go down when you're talking about all this. I, I just wish there was uh, more of a morality aspect when you're actually doing it. You know, because the thing is, is those commercials, like, you wouldn't steal a movie. You wouldn't steal a car. No, you wouldn't. You know, yeah. that's the well, thing. I mean, you wouldn't do that. But some people that watch movies in the theater or at home do steal cars. Like, people do steal <laughs> cars. So they're talking they're directly there. to those people. It's like the bumper stickers that say, stop sex trafficking. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop doing that now. Because, you know. <laughs> So basically, uh, just hopefully Mike won't get into the bootlegging business. Because I'm not, I can't bootleg. I can barely bootlick. <laughs> you know, but honestly, you know, it, being in this business for a little while, there are movies that will never see the light of yeah. day. Again. That's, true. <laughs> That's just how it is. You know, like the day the clown cry. running list of stuff that will disappear because of certain stipulations yeah and that and that's sad so you know bootleg it yourself and put it on a disc yeah you know and keep it just don't sell it just don't sell it heard it here Brad henderson bootleg it yourself we are at an hour and 15 so i think it's it is time to it is time to wrap the show up um so I thought we, we had another round. Well, yeah, you said another round. Let's I know, but then I round. then Let's I kicked us off thing. in a discussion, which I think was a pretty great, dis- pretty great discussion about. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sean, you did a good job, but give us one more round. <laughs> we got. I'm sweating in this booth. I gotta. I, I gotta. No, I'm. I'm with you, Sean. I got. I gotta get out. Uh, of the booth. That, that's we got. Fine. Hey, we, we gotta can, leave. We can. We gotta leave stuff for our our, our uh, viewers and listeners. We gotta leave them hanging so they come back next time. So if we'll, they come uh, back after this, bless them. So the troopers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna tr- we're gonna try to make this more of a of a steady thing. I think every two weeks, um, we may even once we work out all the kinks of kind of doing this YouTube thing, try to go live. And so that'll be kind of a you know 
a whole new world for that me. That should because... be really fun. <laughs> I never want to go live. <laughs> um, Mike, Mike's showing off brute force. Is that an, is that another thing we need to check, check out? Hey. Mike? Brute, brute force. Yeah, um, no, it's Burt Lancaster too. No, that is that Burt Lancaster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Fall. Come on, we'll, we'll leave stuff for us to talk about next time. Come on, come on. I didn't bring any discs. This is terrible. Uh, I have Cherry uh, Fall. Remember the one that was on a VHS with Terror Track yeah, <laughs> with John what? Ritter? Yeah, Those were the yeah. days. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, um, drop us all a line. You uh, um, go to thescreamcast.com. Brad, you got access again to the to the website, so uh, you have started playing around on there. We're going to be revamping the site now. What are you now? What are you? What are you showing off? Is that a uh, Killing Miss Tingle? <laughs> no, that was Wishcraft. That was witchcraft. Ladies should listen. A Cary Grant I haven't seen. Okay, look at look. I'm gonna give Brad uh, thirty seconds. Thirty seconds to show off movies. Wait, this is just wait. We have to have a segment that's just for people who watch the video. So all Brad (laughs) and I should do. And Steph, go grab some. Sean, go grab some. Let's just show off other movies we've been watching and not say anything. Don't say anything. No, because then. No, I Sean, I don't, Sean, I don't have don't a music bed anything. lined up. I don't have a music bed lined up. Hold Sean, on, let me let me anything. grab a music bed. Hold on. Hold on, let me grab a music Sean, bed. Sean, don't here. say anything. No, because our list so All of you poor... just have a bunch of movies that like do, do you are you laying with movies, Mike? <laughs> Bro, who else am I gonna do sleep a movie with? Angel. Of course I sleep Oh, with my favorite Scorsese. Oh yeah, no, Alice doesn't live here anymore. It's great. Oh, I came up with a third one. The third one I want to call it's it's called Thieves, Fives, Fobes, and it's about (laughs) the only thing that scares him. All right, I I have a music bed. So for the next fifteen seconds, uh, just start showing movies, Brad and Brad and Mike. I love For the Apocalypse. For the Apocalypse is amazing. Michael J. Pollard like a motherfucker. This this movie is great. It says out of print. It costs a lot of money, but uh, uh, this is with uh, Sonny Barger and the Real Hell's Angels that from the Oakland chapter. Joe Bob does commentary. It's great. So you just keep showing movies, Alpac. Um, so yeah, Sean said uh, do this like every every two weeks. Um, you know, a few a few fun things that we're probably going to uh, do is one, of course, having uh, guests um, back onto the show, which was uh, something that we started early on um, on the Screencast. You know, we started this podcast like what seven or eight years ago, twenty fourteen. Yeah. You know, so yeah, bringing guests back, and then something else that I'm going to do that. Obviously, I've talked to you guys about, but you don't know what I'm going to do. Is that <laughs> what is that? Is that the Sergio Martino book? Yeah, Pat um, Allinger. Is that um, so? I have. Ooh, uh, I got. Look, you did the Hitcher, and I do body parts. Eric Red, hey, like a motherfucker. Eric Red, <laughs> so, like a motherfucker. <laughs> so, so what I, I plan on doing is that. Um, just a large collection of, uh, of work prints that I have, uh, I am going to send everybody on the show, not everybody, just Steph, Sean, and Mike, a work print, and then we'll review it uh, on on the screencast. Okay. Maybe okay. do a comparison against, uh, you know, the what was released. Um, 
like, do you just have like a DVD stand next to you <laughs> inside your bed? Oh, you guys took notes. I just brought over. I've been saving every ever since you guys said, "Hey, can we bring back the Screamcast?" I was like, "Holy shit! All I need to do now is watch movies." I watched so many fucking movies for today, and then I put them all on the bed, and then I jumped on the bed. It was like a danger diabolic situation with the money and like deep, deep down. And I'm like swimming in movies. So I have to sh- fucking show them off, Brad. And then look, I wore the the Thelma Schumacher shirt today. And then the last one, Family of Cops 3, the best family of cops movie. This is like Blue Bloods, but with Charles Bronson and some really confusing kids he has. <laughs> All right. Good times. All right, I'll turn I'll turn the music bed off. All right, um, where are we at here? See now, my momentum for wrapping the show up is is all blasted away because because you guys hijacked everything. Thanks, Brad, Mike, appreciate that. <laughs> Stephanie, you were uh, you were uh, did not disrupt, so thank you. Stephanie wins the gold star of the podcast. All right. <laughs> Next time I'm gonna have piles of movies, so I feel okay. like I'm out. I don't Gold like it. Stars? I like I your like Cannibal Airlines T-shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Or if somebody say something, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna try to wrap up the show. But Brad, we're gonna wrap say one it more thing? up. Come on, we'll just start wrap talking. Up, when you start talking. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I mean, I can mute you guys' mics on. Uh, wow, on the recording. So. I, no, I don't want dick. to do that. You'll just be RIP us again. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining the Screamcast. We will, uh, we're going to do this every two weeks. Every two weeks, everybody. We'll talk to all of you uh, later. And um, thanks for watching and thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs> Adios. Oh, don't tell yeah. me. Excuse me. Do we want to stay on here? Yeah, it's right. Peach. Killing.